0: Cheers.
1: Cheers.
0: Cheers. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the meat episode. Ah, hi Okay, so my name is Logan from Tacolicious. Ooh, that was a good shot of Jameson, as always. Oh, that one burns, right? I'm here with uh, Alicia, with an E, Bagley. Uh, Alicia, you want to talk about yourself a little bit?
1: Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm a cocktail writer based in Shanghai, and I'm here to talk about booze, as always.
0: And we're joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. Christopher Fosti.
2: How you doing, y'all?
0: So Fosti's brought us actually uh, some mead into the Taco Booth studio.
2: Hell yeah, dude.
0: So ta- uh, Fosti actually makes, Fosse makes his own mead, and he's here to talk to us a little bit today about what is mead, and we're going to drink it and then hopefully have a good podcast and not be too hammered.
2: I'm going to throw some shots of Jameson in there as well, you know, if you want to be extra spicy. And uh, shots
1: of mead, well, which I, mean, I think pair quite nicely.
2: Yeah, Yeah, you know, we can actually get some spicy Mexican food that you guys got here, you know, if you really want to food pair it up,
0: (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, tell us about mead. First, uh, my, I've only heard about mead before knowing you from, like, uh, Ren Fairs and stuff, Renaissance Fairs. Yeah. You know, and, like, all, like, the medieval books and, like, uh, old, um, like, R. Martin, they always drink mead. In the game of yeah. No, like,
2: you know, Vikings, ancient Romans, ancient Greeks, uh, medieval times kind of shit. They all did mead. Um, it was one of those, because bees make hives and naturally round, you know, hollow things. One of those things is hollowed out stumps. And so they just have a bunch of honey in a stump and mead naturally occurs because when you just add water to honey, the microbes and the bacteria in the mead will naturally ferment. So you just imagine some cave people walking around some 9,000 years ago. They cross by a stump after a rainstorm, and they're like, oh, what's this magic water? <laughs> they take it, and they're like, oh, man, I can see colors now. This is amazing. So and it all kind of started from there. You know, fermentation gods, everyone thought I mean, you know fermentation came from was a gift from the gods. Uh, magic paddles, which really was just bacteria baked into the wood of these paddles. Hmm. Um, but yeah, mead has a rich history. Um, it's kind of lost its flair uh, recently because honey, the price of honey is just really high. Uh, it's become more of a novelty item. And what, grapes for wine, malt for beer, all that stuff, and potatoes for vodka, that's a lot cheaper to produce. Yeah. Um, and meat also you have to age it. So we age our meat for, we bulk age it for six months. So it takes a little bit of time, but, you know, people like new niche things, things that are nice. And you know what? As for China, there's not a lot of mead here. So let's go ahead and fill a hole in the market that no one here knew existed, right? Exactly. I mean, for what is the Chinese name for mead? Feng Mijiu. Feng Oh, that's very
1: easy. Which is funny
0: is Feng yeah, and Jiu is alcohol. Yeah, so, simple translation. Very, yeah, right. very fair enough direct translation. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, let's get into this stuff. That's uh, Tristan Mead.
2: Okay, are you yeah. ready? What is the company that you have called? So this is Hoop and Horn Mead. So Hoop and Horn is based off of uh, a Celtic god of nature that has, you know, giant antlers like horns, mm-hmm. and he has these hoops or rings that give him his power They dills out to nature that's one thing we want to do is uh, we want to help out the environment. We want to be as green of a company as possible, uh, leave a very low carbon footprint. So you know, the bigger we get, the more we want to you know help the environment. And bees are things that help the environment. You know, they pollinate flowers yep. and help grow farms, help grow other plants around the world. So if we can help the ecosystem with our products, then that's a win for us, right?
0: I can see the marketing campaign already it just says, be green and it's a little B, like B-E. Yeah, well, our motto right now is
2: B-Sweet. Yeah, B-Sweet. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of Bs be, on there. Which yeah.
0: is very cute. Don't be a B-Och.
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you want to get that attitude in it. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's okay. It's okay. We just, like, throw different things. I, I mean, hang out well, with South Central Bs, that's why. <laughs> well, so, so
1: on, on, well, when it comes to your motto, actually, this is uh, kind of one of the primary questions I want to ask Frosty, which is how, you know, as you were developing this brand, I want to know... How many slogans you went through playing on the word honey and the word bee? And I want to hear some of your choice um, slogans. And, ha- and how much was it a topic of conversation with your lovely wife at home? Like, honey, I'm blah, blah.
2: <laughs> we went through a few things. Um, you know, like, be sweet to yourself. because you know, The idea of mute is, you know, treat yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you see on Community, how all those guys get attitude. Because that's what meat is. Something where you celebrate. So you know, be sweet to yourself, love yourself. Um, you know, be your honey. Uh, we started off with the our motto was history rebrewed because we wanted to. You know, we're using recipes from history and tre- tweaking them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we found that's like a little too historical renaissance. That's nerd. a good name
1: for a podcast.
2: History rebrewed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually there. You go. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we want to get more. You know, colorful, funky. Will have some more flavor, some more pop to it, mm-hmm. rather than be more serious and focus on history. you wanted to focus on like you know the sweet side of life. Yeah, another one that we did. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: smart though. I mean, because you've always been such a beer guy as well, so this was
2: a natural transition to mead. Um. So actually, the story about how, how I brewed mead started with when I was living in South Korea.
1: That us have some.
2: Oh, okay. Well, let's before give I us, tell that story. Are you ready for it? I'll give crack us it open. some honey. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good crack. Okay. Now, what, what's the way you to
0: suggest drinking the mead?
2: Ice. So there's generally four styles of mead, which is all described by the amount of sugar that it has in it. So this one would be called a sweet mead.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So for a sweet mead, I would recommend throwing some ice on it or keeping it chilled because it will be a little bit um well, sweeter. And some people, are not a huge fan of sweet stuff. <laughs> Uh, this one doesn't really have any acidity or any sort of bitterness or other flavors to balance it out. It's just honey, water, and yeast. Simple mm-hmm. ingredients, very easy. Um, the other styles of mead are dry, once you ferment out all the sugar. Mm-hmm. Semi-sweet, which is you know like not in between dry and sweet. Sweet, which is what we have here, and then dessert, which is just you know alcoholic candy, basically.
0: Yeah. Okay, and so like let's go first. Obviously, the color—it's a really beautiful
2: golden,
0: golden color. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does look like a, like a whiskey almost in color. It's mm-hmm. like a light whiskey, right? a very light whiskey. Uh, like if you left a or a reposado tequila, yep. depending on what you're looking at. Uh, nose, honey, definitely honey. But you do have you could you could smell there's that there's the fermentation. You definitely get yep. that like that that.
2: Can you thunk. tell what the fruit, what the mm-hmm. fruit is? A little so bit funky. We we use a special um, style of honey. Oh. Can you, can you guess the fruit? Uh,
0: is it? I feel like I know the answer because I've talked to you before this, so I don't want to cheat. Is it lychee? That is lychee. Oh. Look at the nose on bagels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, honestly, it, it's when I taste it. I taste. Yeah. I taste a bit of the. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So use. That's where we don't add any fruit flavors or anything. This is different bees when they make honey you know the characteristics of the honey come out from whatever they just took the pollen from Mm -hmm. yeah so this one there's a uh, fruit farm one of the fruit farms they have they have longer and they have lychee so it's kind of like a mutually beneficial experience where the farmers keep the bees the bees pollinate the trees the trees grow strong and make huge lychee farms and then the bees just grow a lot of honey so you know, they the plants and the bees, they just coexist and help each other grow to their maximum potential. That's very cool. I, yeah.
0: th-
1: I think it, it's also great because I think that lychee is, like, such a quintessential Chinese flavor. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, you are making this mead over here. And, I, I, I mean, like, it, it's nice to have that little bit of, it, it's an extra Chinese touch, you know. Like, you could have yeah, really yeah. chosen any type of honey. Um, and you've and you've used this one that's like it's such a beloved fruit here And, yeah, and it yeah, gives yeah. just a little that that slight taste there that I think that is also very Recognizable for a lot of drinkers here in China and honestly, you know makes it a bit more appealing probably to some people who don't Who aren't quite familiar with mead, right?
2: Yeah, no, it's a, a taste from home. We want people yeah. to feel comfortable. We want to have a flavor that's familiar um, honey is a very popular you know, addition to tea, or yeah. you know, warm water. People drink it, you know, the, in the morning, or you know, to help them, you know, regulate their bodies. Because there is some probiotic benefits to this. I, mean, I can't market it. Is that? Oh, like, but it's
0: a probiotic. Oh, that's great. I need it. I forgot to take my probiotics today. So no, this is all
2: the probiotics you need. Yeah, mixed with no. alcohol, of course. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many different uh, types of honey did you find? and work on before you settled on uh, lychee honey? Loads. Loads?
2: Yeah, so I've, I've gone through all kinds of, like, a wildflower, plum, long gun, uh, lychee honey, orange blossom, um, a bunch of different flowers that I can't remember how to say the name of. <laughs> but like, they're especially flowers. Like, I got some flowers from Yunnan, some flowers from, you know, Dongbei. I <clears throat> uh, just look at a I type the, the name is in English I'm like, I have no idea what that is. But then, of course, I translated it back to Chinese and I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's that flower, obviously. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I, don't, I didn't know that that was a flower, but mm-hmm. I guess it is. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so, well, so then, um, after, after trying all of these different types, I mean, how long did it really take you to settle and, like, settle on a product? Do you like a honey that you like, a farm that you liked?
2: Um... That no, was all a long, drawn-out process. Um, so, <clears throat> my wife is from Taiwan, and that's where we found our meadery. But we started off where...
1: Meadery, I like that word. Yeah, meadery.
2: So there's a winery, a brewery, and a meadery. Mm. So we basically just cold-called. Uh, we got a government list of all you know the breweries, the wineries, and kind of just sent out emails, gave them calls, and we're out talking to people. Uh, some people didn't have space, some, some people just wouldn't, didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. and then we found one guy who was in the south of Taiwan, and Kaohsiung. Oh, excuse me. Oh, the whiskey's coming back up now. Oh, oh I feel it's it. That's a little party there. Oh, oh. There's honey, there's whiskey.
1: But honeyed whiskey burps.
2: Party in my pants. I can <laughs> dig it. Let's not get that part <laughs> uh, I really don't want to shit myself For on. those
0: at home, uh, <laughs> as you guys know, we never do this podcast with pants on, but now I'm regretting it.
2: <laughs> then we found this guy who, um, he is independently wealthy. He has his own pineapple farm and does everything himself. And he just started a brewery all by himself because he was just interested in it. Yeah. So we went to a space and nothing is, you know, factory bought. Nothing is what you'd find you know in a catalog he basically just bought giant metal cylinders and then just welded all the pieces together he did everything himself he even built his own distiller wow so he has a winery and distillery and he just brews for fun he has a little shop um and we just sell cigarettes and wine
0: oh that's cool that's the life
2: yeah and so he just like hangs out and the guy is one of the biggest nerds i've ever met but that's kind of who you want to be your brewer, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 You want someone who's going to look at every detail and overanalyze it and then be worried about it because he's overanalyzing the details. And I come in and they'd be like, hey, don't worry about it. We got this. I love where your head's at, but this is where we need to go with it. Okay, cool. So I met up with him. We had a few meetings going back and forth there. And then eventually he also gave us just a really good quotation on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right? great. So
2: OEM brewing is real popular in China. It's how most people will get their their product off the ground.
0: Sorry, what does that mean?
2: Oh. What
0: what does OEM stand for? Yeah.
2: OEM is for uh, I forgot. what it means. Is it Only Fans for Brewers or? No, no, no. It's uh, like third-party brewing. Okay. I know I should know that. It's like uh, outside equipment management. I think that's what it means. It's usually for you know, like factory equipment or whatnot. But it basically means Mm third-party. Yeah. So you're, you're making something, and it's your brand, mm-hmm. but someone else is making it for you. Okay. So in China, you need to have that kind of, to make beer or wine or something, you have to have a factory to be, to, in order to get the government regulations, the government confirmation, uh, you have to have a factory that can brew, you know, like 700 hectoliters every day, every month, something. I, I forget the exact numbers, but it's just a stupid amount of beer uh so people rent out these spaces in these massive brewing campuses yeah to make their beer so they do you know third-party brewing oem brewing whatever you want to call it and through that way you know you have a low startup cost because you're not actually buying the equipment Mm. but you know you're never going to break even on that equipment because you're always paying rent for it so you know it's a double-edged sword but that's how you see all these you know breweries popping up that you uh we had those some English teachers out here that started their own brewery, just because you know, like, oh, hey, we got money, we can you know, go brew at this facility, and now we have our own beer brand. Okay. Yep. So very low cost of entry for the market, but you know, then you have to sell it afterwards. Yeah,
0: you got to sell it afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> so for for yourself, are you seeing a lot of other mead companies start up, or I mean, obviously you're the first, but is there has there been anybody else, or is it just you?
2: Uh, so there's a brand from the USA called Superstition. I've seen them here before. Uh, they're super expensive. So my bottle uh, retails for 288 RMB. My Superstition bottles uh, usually retail for a minimum 700 RMB. Wow, and what's the APV on yours?
0: Uh, 12%. 12%, okay, so it's a good... It's a good.
2: Uh, it's like a wine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the bottle is only 500 ml, and the Superstition ones are 750. Okay. So you're getting a little bit more mead there. But as a new product that's entering the market, and with you know the high cost of honey and whatnot, I wanted something that's more approachable, mm-hmm. something that's easier. You know, if I look at it, like, I don't know what this is. I'm not, not going to spend 500 RMB on it. So yeah. I plan on making bigger bottles in the future, but just for this entry product.
1: So 288 RMB, that's about 45 US dollars, something like that?
2: Yeah, around that, yeah. 43. 43, mm-hmm. OK. I yeah, didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, so actually I did a bunch of research on meads here in China,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the only other good one that I found was from a like, really small place in Yundang. I was like, oh, this isn't bad. It's okay. But then there's a bunch of other meads on Taobao that I found and whatnot. And they're mead by definition only. They use like Baijiu yeast. So imagine drinking something that kind of has a little hint of honey taste, but then it has that, you know, uh, it was, I opened it up and it had that, you know, that chemical kind of, you know, rainbow effect in the mead that was kind of... So I ordered one of these bottles of Taobao, mm. and when I opened it, it, had that rainbow coloring to it, you know, like an oil slick. Like, oh, wow, know, yeah. Chemically, and I tried it, and it was just, you know, I tasted like medicine would be like a good description for this kind of stuff. Mm. So I went through a few different flavors, and I realized while there was meat in the market, like people didn't know what it was. like yeah. They didn't know how to brew it, the proper ways to take care of it. It looks like they just brewed it and put it in a bottle and sold it when you really need to age meat out because it will have that chemical flavor for a little bit afterwards. But the nice thing about mead is that it has the microbes in it, little organisms. You can kill off the yeast, but those little... Bits in it that help the mead or the honey. I guess uh, preservatives in there, kind of the natural preservatives. They're constantly aging, constantly changing the molecular structure of the mead. So it's even in the bottle right now; it's aging.
0: It's aging.
1: So, so could you like wine? Like leave one of these bottles for a few years, and would it get better with time? Or what do you think? Yep.
2: So they found. So Poland was a really good place for honey. Uh, They had a lot of... uh, So, in Poland, Poland's really famous for its Mm honeybees. So, they had a lot of mead-making, honey going on there. Then, World War II hit. And a lot of these places that, you know, had cellars and whatnot. The building got destroyed, and the cellars were lost over time. Eventually, they dug up these cellars and went in there and found bottles of mead from World War II. Wow, Yeah, Ten years ago. They basically... Took one, cracked it open, drank it, and you are like, "Holy shit, this is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth." So <laughs> it it tastes better over time. So that's okay. the nice thing about me is that even if you have one that kind of tastes like you know musty shoe or grandma's armpit or whatever you want, two flavors that we
0: relate to really well, you know,
2: <laughs> it has that nice acidic sting to it, that chemical imbalance flavor. That's like, what you're really going for. Like
0: how how you imagine George Clinton would would taste. Of uh, funk uh, the the Congress of Funk. You guys don't know who George Clinton is? Very funk famous fun, oh. funk singer. But
1: anyways, so if you so, Parliament. so mm. <laughs> what about once it's what about once it's open? Like what's the what's the kind of shelf life? Because one thing that um. I've always heard about honey in particular is that it's one of the few foods in the world that actually never expires. Like, right? Like honey yeah. won't grow mold. Like even if it crystallizes, you can just like add a little bit of heat to it and it will liquefy again. Like it, it's actually a food that essentially
2: yeah. doesn't have a shelf like life. Like yeah. no,
0: they, they found it like honey in Egyptian tombs, like they buried with mummies and it was still yeah. weird. That's
2: so badass. So that's uh, a twofold thing in honey. So it has, you know, the microbes in it that I told you before, right, that are constantly, you know, cleaning the honey and whatnot. And they would naturally ferment the honey, but it lacks the moisture. You know, honey is so viscous. Mm -hmm. So the lack of moisture in the honey is actually what keeps it preserved. Mead is, you know, you're adding water to the honey. Right. So it will eventually, you know, kind of get a funky flavor to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you keep it in a refrigerator, you keep it, you know, airtight, uh, oxidation will happen to anything once you open it enough, right? Yeah, exactly. If, if anything like you know, beer, wine, milk. As soon as you open it up, then you know you're you're already exposing to the air, exposing it to nature. Right. And this one here lasts for about. If you keep it in a refrigerator, uh, an open bottle will last for about four weeks, a okay, month.
0: Nice. Oh, that's a good amount. Yeah, and yeah. You, you recommend yeah. keeping it refrigerated once you open it. Then.
2: Yeah, yeah. Keep it refrigerated. Um if you let it last for longer than that. It kind of gets a little bit of a, a sour, acidic tinge to it. Yeah. Which, I mean, for me, I think it just adds an extra complexity level of flavor. You know, it's not like it's bad. It's just uh, like a barrel-aged Belgian wine or something like that, but a Belgian beer. So like adds how, a,
1: No one's letting it last that long anyway. It's just too
2: tasty. Yeah, it is yeah. really tasty. Guys at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: with, it, it,
1: almost polished off a bottle here.
0: Yeah, the, it goes down smooth and easy. It's it's a pretty exciting. Uh,
1: well, so, I mean, your mate is... Doing pretty fucking great here. I see it all over the place. All kinds of cocktail bars and stuff. Um,
0: we almost had an episode without swearing.
1: Yeah, well, you know. You can't invite me.
0: drops bombs. <laughs>
1: but, um, like, what are... Tell me some signature serves. How do you like to drink this besides... I mean, it's great on its own, but um, I've also had a few cocktails, which I really love with it. So, how? what are some things you like to make with it?
2: Oh, man. Uh, so the mead kind of works as a sweet vermouth replacement the, mm-hmm. the honey flavor mm-hmm. uh, actually funny story about this uh, my friend Anna Selzy you guys know Anna right mm-hmm. she came over to my house one day and then just sat down with me and we were just making random cocktails with it you know, she was like I want to say, you know, make cocktails see what we can do make a list and we got like a little bucket because we sold ourselves we're not going to drink the cocktails we're going to dump them out into the bucket mm-hmm. well, that's not fun we drink <laughs> cocktails anyways yeah so after that, we were pretty hammered on me. I think Anna left, but it was a great
0: night.
2: <laughs> and then things kind of got blurry at the end, and there was a bunch of just you know orange rinds, peels, and everything everywhere. Yeah,
0: having your yeah. You and Anna got drunk. You had a bunch of orange peels left over, and
2: yeah, no, we just made a huge mess. And uh, we told ourselves so we wouldn't drink cocktails, but we did, and things just got messy from there. But we made some really cool things. Uh, the best one that we have is the gold spritz. Yep, it's prosecco, uh, French liqueur called Suze. Suze, like oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a bitter, sweet bitter kind mm-hmm. of, and then meat. You just mix all of it all together. It's delicious. Um, if you make a sour drink, you have know, like a whiskey sour or wow. some sort of like gin sour. Uh, you just shy it in a little bit less of the simple syrup and replace it with the sweet honey then it adds, like, a little extra complex glitter profile. Gotcha. And then the last thing I'm going to say is it works really well with rye whiskey.
0: Mm-hmm. With so, rye whiskey? Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: So we do a highball where it says like mead, rye whiskey, soda water, you know, dash of bitters. That sounds Boom. great. What do you
0: call it? Golden showers?
2: Uh, <laughs> see, you know, I completely, it does now. I completely missed that one. I call it the mead hat and highball. But oh, that's
0: dumb. That's a children's drink. Golden right? showers is for adults. I've seen the websites.
2: <laughs> That's what I get for trying to be a little bit classy. Don't be highbrow here.
1: So I recently actually uh, had a cocktail that I really, really liked with Hoop and Horn. Um, it was, uh, so this uh, cocktail bar here, Jay Borowski, did, um, they made a white rabbit infused gin, you know, using <clears> the white rabbit, with white rabbit candy, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mickey, the bartender, she used a bit of and horn, some lemongrass syrup, and lime juice, and to make like this really nice sour. And it was like fucking delicious. Like it was like creamy and that honeyed flavor and that little like tang of the lemongrass. Like it, it was such a and nice we'll combination. What? It was really delicious. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. No, um, honey and lemon, they just they go well together. They're yeah, classics. Yeah, yeah, it's an easy combination. So anything with honey and lemon. Uh, people using bees knees. Yeah, bees knees. Uh, a little bit smoky. There's a bar, Miscaleria. Uh Our friend, uh, another Chris, big tall Australian. Yeah, bar. Chris Pert. Yeah, Chris Pert. He makes a uh, like a mezcal, so like a smoky sour drink with it. And it works fantastically.
0: Yeah. No, that. I mean, I think you have a lot of versatility with the product, yeah. which is very nice. You know what I mean? Uh, well, so, I also
1: really sorry. Just just cut you off here, Logan. Uh, I don't think you came to the guest shift that Fossey did with, he did like kind of different takes on bubble tea and oh, stuff yeah, like that. He did that. Mead.
2: That was super cool. That
1: was banging. It was like a mead bubble tea. Oh, very and, cool. Yeah, and like one with like the, you know the very popular like cheese foam that goes on a milk. Like yeah, did, did yeah, yeah. Different things like that. Oh, it was really good. I, yeah.
2: mean, I learned how to make my own cheese foam. though. was yeah. awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and then I learned how many calories are in cheese foam. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's like I just ate, An entire cheeseburger, but it's on top of a bubble tea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What is actually in the cheese foam? Because I've never had one. Cream cheese, salt,
1: and uh, cream cream cheese,
2: salt, milk, and then like I think another kind of cheese or something. Then you just blend it all together, really, and And aerate it
1: basically.
2: Yeah, you aerate it. Can you put it
0: it in the ISI gun?
2: Or that's what we did. Then you carbonated it up, so it's kind of like a liquidy, and then we just squirted it all on top. We made our own little uh, digestive biscuits that we put on top. Yeah. Mixed the mead with, I forget what was the base. I think it was gin or something. It was gin, mead, and then we had black tea. And
1: then, yeah, you dip the cookie in the... Oh that's fun. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a great idea. We did a milk
2: punch with it. Like it actually the meat made a really good milk punch and I tried to make my own boba. And let me tell you, making boba is fucking hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Like you're supposed to like boil it and whatnot they get all black and I'm like, oh that's how you do it but then I guess there's there's some sort of secret thing you need to do to make them extra chewy. Yeah. Otherwise like the outside's chewy but then the inside's kinda of, like hard. hard. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, Oh, I can't did not do that right, but my
0: first time making boba, yeah, yeah, it worked. Is it like making like when you do the uh mixology caviar? Is that kind of style, or for-
1: no, it's more so it's it's tap, it's a tapioca base, yeah. so you yeah. kind of like it's more like making a dessert, kind of right?
2: Which uh, threw back me back off because I was making it like I the boba bowls that you see the bubbles here are all black, yeah, 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 yeah. and then I got them and they're white, i like, did they get the right shit. Is this uh, it? Like, no, you're supposed to like boil them for 45 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh,
1: so they turn black during the process? Yeah. They
0: oh, well, black. that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, very cool. That, we, we start talking about mead. We got to Boba Tea Bubbles. Yeah, right. That's. I mean, that's a that's a twofer. <laughs> 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 what's it, what's,
1: what's a, like a, So what's like an anecdote? A good anecdote about anyone who's looking to get into, you know, mead but, making.
0: What happened to you when you first started making mead?
2: Oh man! So back in, I was living in South Korea. And I had this uh, Korean friend, you know, super cute, super cool. We just, like, hang out. And for my birthday one year, she got me this massive jar of honey. She's like, happy birthday. You're my favorite. You some honey. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> can I get some of your honey? She's like,
0: no, we're just friends.
2: Like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just take this I read this honey. wrong, yeah. <laughs> I just, okay, um, thank you for your honey. Um, <laughs> so I had this giant jar of honey, like it. It was huge, like two or three kilos. I, I don't know what to do with that much honey, but uh, I had a friend, so we we're friends with uh, a local brewery there, and we we're doing like work with a homebrew group and whatnot. And so one of my friends I was like, "Oh, dude, you guys make some meat?" What the fuck? What is meat, man? Oh man, no, it's just something. Uh, you got enough honey, just you know throw some water in, get some yeast, you're fine. So actually, the natural fermentation where. I just uh, cleaned and froze some blueberries. Because if you're going to use fruit for fermenting with mead, you got to freeze it first because it breaks down the cell structure, like the cell walls oh. Of fruit.
0: oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah.
2: So freeze it, then make sure it's clean, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: so I just threw that in there.
0: So
1: now skanky blueberries.
2: Mm, yeah, skanky blueberries, but then you might get skanky mead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, something that <laughs> smells delicious. It depends on who you are. Um, yeah, so I made a blueberry mead, which... I instantly like I fermented it I tried it and I was like oh man this tastes like chemicals this is really weird I don't know about it and it's funny because in Korea they you know they have like these two liters of beer Like, you know cast beer and whatnot. like okay. these classic two liters like I have two liter of cola like, it's a two liter of beer wow so I just bought a boatload of those mm-hmm. and filled them all up with this mead and I was like okay well I guess if you age it it will get better because I don't like it now let it age for like a month mm-hmm. and afterwards I opened it up and drank it it just hit me I was like holy shit this is delicious it's sweet it's blueberries it's alcoholic Ooh. so I had a huge house party just because I had I think 20 liters of this wow. blueberry bean <laughs> wow and I was like let's just like order a bunch of Korean fried chicken how much honey did she give you a lot of honey
0: that's a physical it's like two
1: or three kilos yeah that's yeah. a lot of honey
0: though which I don't I remember that. that's a mixed message she sent you
2: I think Fossey
1: I, I didn't get it
2: I don't know because you're I'm, sweet? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm sweet. Maybe she thought I was sweet.
1: But it was actually an, it turns out to be a really fucking class A gift because it led to the development of your new company yeah. and this new passion.
2: It was something that was wanting to do because I was never saw me here. And then, you know, um, I left Korea. I was traveling around, stuck in Hong Kong, came to Shanghai to actually visit the French University and i just randomly got offered a job to work on Yongkong lu. Yep. Praise up nacho. And that's right. That's
0: right. That's where i met you.
2: Yeah.
1: Yongkong lu in shanghai for all of our listeners was like a pretty popular bar street um, which
0: Street of debauchery. Rest in peace it.
1: is not quite the same anymore. but
0: We yeah. look back on it wistfully now. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good five or six years ago.
2: I worked on Yongkang Lu for two years, and the best way to describe that street is it's the most fun I never want to have again.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I got away with so much shit, but yet it was also just a huge pain. Because on Yongkang Lu, you had the people, the who were going to the party and drink. And that was the first floor. But then the second third floor of all these buildings on this, like, tiny wet market street.
1: The poor neighbors. Were
2: all actual locals who were living there. Yeah. So there was a huge battle that after 10 p.m., everyone has to go inside and can't be loud. And then you as the bar manager, you're the liaison between the drunk foreigners, like, hey, shut the fuck up. People need to sleep. But also, please buy my fucking drink. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> keep okay, drinking. Yeah. And so it was just, you know. I-,
0: I think I used to buy a bottle of 200 R&B some kind of whiskey I guys had at, at uh, the bottle shop.
2: Uh,
0: fireball? Not fire. I don't like fireball. No, like, I don't like fireball anymore. Uh, like no. Uh, the whiskey was like Old Cock or something. It was something like, it was such a dumb, cheap whiskey. but It was 200 bucks. 200 MB. Right. And then I, I started at your place, which is at the beginning of the Kong By the time we got to the end of the street, it was already like six hours had passed. The bottle was empty. And it was time to leave. Yeah, right. Like he said hi to everybody in Shanghai.
2: That was it's like 300 meters down the street. That's all how long the street was. <laughs> it took you six hours to get down there.
0: Oh, it was a party though. You literally yeah. was anybody it was anybody. It was a great great time in our in our
2: collective history. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I kind of came here and I saw this, you know, action. I was and I always thought, man, this would be a great place to do mead. There's no mead here and so for years I kept on working in the beer industry working in bars um, you know I worked with uh, the Rooster started at my own German brewery uh, I did stuff with Stone stuff with Brewdog and eventually I was like okay shit I got enough money I'm just going to start my own meadery. you know and that's where you know, I started off in Taiwan making that stuff um, I really enjoyed it yeah. well, and this now is,
1: this is a much longer level affair than I actually knew that you had with mead. you know I didn't realize it was it was like this long in the, in the making of yeah. you. No,
2: it was something I always had it. in the back of my mind. You yeah. know, it's like you always have that business idea, that dream that you want to do. Yeah. And finally I said, like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I could just. We're going I'm, there, yeah. I can send my money to a bank account. Or I yeah. can be like, fuck it. I'm just going to invest in myself, right? That's the best investment that I can make.
1: Yeah, saving money is no
0: fun at all
2: you right, spend it, and then see what happens with it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean, guys, in closing, I think we learned a lot about mead. Uh, do we have anything we want to talk about today? Anything else?
1: I don't know. I feel like we should probably close out the episode by taking everyone, taking a collective sip out of the tiny hoop and horn horn.
2: Yeah, we have a little right? tiny uh, horn shots, glass, shot glasses that are in the shape of a horn.
1: It's very medieval.
2: Yeah.
1: It looks very good in... Viking like hands. Well, go ahead, fill it up. Yeah. You got let's, it. Let's fill this. Let's fill this tiny glass horn.
2: And then if you're in Shanghai, you can get the mead on Bottles XO. You can get it at Elementari. Um cocktail bars with that at Mescaleria, Perch, Javarovski, and Regurilla. Tacous. Tacous. Taco has some good cocktails with it
1: want me to pour more? Yeah. Keep pouring. Yeah,
2: for
0: me? Pour, pour it out. It's here. almost great. It's so you've, you've already been uh, tested clear for COVID, right? Uh-huh. You yeah. need to see your vaccination record first. I can show you
2: my vaccination. Yeah, record. it's on LA payment. Yeah. You get your vaccine here, and then all of a sudden, all your vaccine information is on your phone. You gotta look okay. at it. But it's like they track you wherever you are with your phone. <laughs> like every country. <laughs> yeah.
0: <we're> okay. <good. laughs>
2: Drinking from the horn. Oops,
1: I hope it's still recording because I pressed something.
2: One job. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing you turned off. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Okay, Bagels just turned the whole thing off. Here you go. Mm. On a phone with only two buttons, you have to hit the only button.
2: The <laughs> <laughs> no stop button. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on with Thanks us.
1: Thanks for being here. Excellent. Ralph?
2: Ralph is chilling
0: on the ground.
2: Hey, buddy. Who's a poop machine? Are you? Yeah, you are. Okay,
0: here's a little behind the scenes of how our studio looks. This will be another episode of uh, China on the Rocks. Thank you, everybody. And cheers. See you next time. Kevin, play us out.
2: Thanks for having me.